Welcome to Tanakh Daily, a congregation Ahavas Torah initiative. Today, we are looking at the 22nd parak of Shmuel Bet, which is unique in that the entire parak is a shira. It takes the poetic shape of a classic parak of Tehillim, a psalm. In fact, this parak is word for word basically repeated in Sefer Tehillim. It's Tehillim Yud Ches. So why is it here? What's its function in our Sefer? Before we even get to the content of the parak, it's worth noting that there is a biblical convention, which is really part of a broader ancient Near Eastern literary convention, and that is to conclude a work or a major section of a work with a shira, with a song, with a poem. Consider, for example, Sefer Bracious, which ends with Yaakov's poetic blessings of his sons. Think also Sefer Devarim, which ends with Vizos HaBracha, that's Moshe's poetic blessing to B'nai Israel, to the nation. We see this same thing expressed in Sefer Yehoshua. After the first major section of the work, there is a poetic listing of all the places that Yehoshua captured. There too, it's functioning in the same way. So we have, in so many places, a song that concludes a major section or a whole work, and therefore it's not surprising that we find it here as well. What's the function? If you look at each of the, the, uh, of the psalms or the poems that I just listed, they each work in different ways. But to some degree or another, they are all working as a, as a kind of a moment of reflection on the events that lead up to that moment. So they, they serve to kind of summarize and frame the work that they conclude. Often there is a, a, an element of praise to Hashem as well. And that's precisely how it works in this psalm. That's the function of this psalm in Sefer Shmuel. It offers a kind of 30,000 foot overview of the, the really the arc of David's life. Of course, following the conventions of Tehillim, it's written in a somewhat open, maybe even opaque way, such that it can function as a universal prayer and be pliable to other lived experiences for other people, rather than being too specific to David's life. So the the, the parak speaks of an enemy, it speaks of danger, it speaks of salvation, but it doesn't identify who the enemy is or what the type of danger or the nature of the salvation. That's the way that Psalms continues to be adaptable to every human experience, and that's why Tehillim is still very much alive and, and usable and approachable and adaptable today to, be, to function as tefillah, as prayer, and to continue to be relevant to us. That's why the Perek doesn't have exact, it doesn't give you exact coordinates for every moment, what, he's, what David is referring to here, what it's referring to there, and that's why it has this kind of uh, open and, as I said, slightly opaque quality to it. The one exception to the what I'd say the kind of universal quality of uh, of the of the of the chapter of this perek and of this psalm is the superscription, which is the first pasuk that really stands apart from the rest of psalms, uh, from the rest of of the psalm, the rest of the perek. The parak opens with, and David spoke unto the Lord the words of this song in the day that the Lord delivered him out of the hand of his enemies and out of the hand of Shaul. Now. What day is that exactly? It's not. You could you could argue a few different days that he's delivered out of the hands of Shaul, um, but the point is it, it gives us somewhat specific coordinates. After that, it is it speaks in generalities. It's also worth noting that while uh, it, the the superscription points to a particular moment in David's life, it does seem like this was likely written later on in David's life because he seems to be reflecting on things that occurred 
long after Shaul has passed and David has taken the helm of, uh, of the kingship. So let's look now at the Perak itself. The Perak <clears throat> has three sections. The first section corresponds to when David is not yet king. It reflects a time when he is in grave danger. He's very vulnerable. He's being pursued by Shaul. And he describes how Hashem offers divine protection uh, for David from Shaul. The last section, so I did part one of three, and now I'm going to do part three of three. The last section starts at Pasuk Lamed Gimel, goes all the way to the end, of course, and that corresponds to David in his successful years thriving as king. That's It seems to correspond to perhaps his most successful years. Maybe it's uh, even pre-Batsheva and Uriah, and some even suggest that that's when it's written. It's written after David has his kind of a string of great successes conquering all of the neighboring um, armies and nations, perhaps it is then that David is writing this to Hillam. And why is it then connected to that particular moment, the salvation from Shaul? So maybe we could say that that was what David was reflecting on at that moment. That was the inspiration, but maybe it was not written in exactly that moment. So that's part one is pre-David becoming king. Uh, being saved from the hands of Shaul. Part three is after David is king and experiencing great triumphs as king. And the middle section really serves as the fulcrum of the of this particular parak. And it's also maybe the fulcrum of David's life where he argues that uh, that his fate, his deliverance from the attack of uh, the attacks of his enemies and from Shaul um, was the result of his faithfulness in Hashem. He is righteous, and therefore he succeeds. And that's kind of broadly what the, the, the theme that's being developed in this middle section from Chafalaf uh, to Lamed Bet is that, uh, is that Hashem interacts with the world and, and that Hashem punishes those who are wicked and Hashem rewards those who are righteous. That's this kind of uh, theological uh, meditation that David is having in, in, in this middle section. And as I said, that's kind of the fulcrum that's why David ends up succeeding, going from this person who is being chased by Shaul to being this very, very successful king. The the the, the, the this parak of Tehillim, or this this parak of Sefer Shmuel, but this psalm uh, therefore gives us this very beautiful overview of much of David's life, and it therefore functions <clears throat> very well as a as a kind of summarizing element at the end of the Sefer. I'll also. Uh, just add that it's it's a very beautiful closing of the sefer because it parallels a a, a a shira a poem a song from the very beginning of the sefer and that is shirat chana the 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 song the um, the praise the thanksgiving um, shira that is offered by chana by Shmuel's mother after Shmuel is born and you'll recall that. Chana's piety and and her her, her activity in in uh, ensuring Shmuel's uh, birth and bringing about Shmuel's birth and her prayer to Hashem and then ultimately kind of consecrating Shmuel to the Mishkan. It was this great act of maternal love and 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 religious piety that brought about Shmuel, the the figure who himself becomes this incredibly important character in, in the movement from Sefer Shoftim to uh, Sefer Shmuel, the movement from the absolute bedlam 
of Sefer Shoftim to the much improved, albeit with lots of ups and downs, but the much improved state of affairs under the monarchy, under the, the leadership of Shaul and then David. And so Shmuel is this critical figure. Chana really is the impetus. Her shira ushers in this new chapter, in a certain respect, of Jewish history. Her shira is tied together with Shmuel, brings about the monarchy, brings about Shaul, and that new chapter really reaches its apex. It reaches its most beautiful uh, peros, the, the beautiful fruits of this uh, of this moment in David. David is the realization of all that a king could be, albeit with with mistakes, but in many respects, David is, uh, is, is an expression of that which we would hope for in a, uh, in a Israelite king. And so by opening the Sefer with Shirat Chana and then concluding the Sefer with, uh, with a Shira from David, there is this really beautiful kind of inclusio over the entire Sefer. And of course, if you look very carefully, you'll note that in many ways, the language of Shirat Chana is parallel and paralleled in the language of this parak as well, the Shira sung by David, reflecting on the great arc of his life. That's it for today. Chazak ve'amatz and happy learning.